0: Come back everybody, and greetings to another episode of the DC Beer Show—a monumental, very special podcast for you today, because it's the first podcast where all three of us—Brandy, Mike, and myself—are vaccinated. Whoop whoop! What? Whoop,
1: whoop. Wow. Wow. Vaccination
0: nation! Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna hug you guys, big big hug soon. We are DC Beer across social media and Discord. We're going to have an interview with Erica Goodrich, owner of Craft Beer Cellar, one of our favorite bottle shops and perhaps one of the best bottle shops in all of D.C. But as always, we begin with Brandy and Mike. What are you drinking? Well, I have some of New
2: York's finest. Is Brooklyn in the house? Without a doubt. I am drinking Folk's Beer, OBL, Old Bavarian Lager. So Folk's Beer uh, is run by Joey Peppers, who was kind enough to come and pour at Snallygaster 2019. And I got to meet him and grill him on his OBL, his Ellis, wonderful lager beer. The Joey other Peppers lager... is a
0: real name? Joey Peppers? Joey? Hey,
2: it's Joey Peppers. Joey Peppers? All right, I like it. Hey, it's folks beer. Forget fresh. about it. So I'm also drinking uh, GB from Duchess Ales. And ironically enough, Duchess Ales out of Duchess, New York, Oh, excuse me, Bayshore, New York. But uh, when I was a wee boy, we used to go up to Duchess from New York City uh, and spend a great deal of time in the Duchess wilderness along the Hudson River there. So shout out to New York and uh, the wonderful English American Pale Ale, as well as the Folks Beer OBL, Old Bavarian Lager. Brandy, you wonderful human being, what are you drinking?
1: Hi guys, I started off the evening with a Watch Me Nay Nay, which is from Werdaka, which was lovely. Uh, it's a spiced red ale. And I split that with Richard, which was nice. And then uh, now we just shared a Rubia. And I don't know if you guys have had the Rubia beer, but it is the co- Blonde Coffee Stout from Hellbender. And that shit is fire. It is so, so so good it's a it's like a c- coffee cream ale oh my god it's so good anyway it it clocks in it 5.5 pretty can check out I'm, I'm assuming hellbender still has it but it was a collaboration they did um, with Coop, la coupe la coupe um mm. coffee shop and it's 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 amazing so that's that's what i'm currently drinking
0: nice well let me tell you what i'm not drinking <laughs> i am not drinking right now a flying dog beer
1: Why is that, Jacob? Why is
0: that? Well, Flying Dog took a meeting with the good folks at Beer Culture, that's culture with a K, a non-profit and consulting firm organization that works to diversify and does D-E-I efforts, that's diversity, equality, inclusion efforts, making craft beer a little less white. And uh, they took a meeting with uh, Flying Dog. Uh, They had some email discussion about doing a collaboration. Nothing seemed to come of it. And hey, you know what? That much is okay. Sometimes that happens. But Flying Dog just sent out a press release that they are releasing a beer called Culture, with a K, Kings. And well, that seems kind of whack, especially after you, the brewery out of Frederick, Maryland's largest craft brewery, or at least largest brewery. I don't know if they count as craft because they're not members of the Brewer's Association, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, like it looks a lot like...
1: They're just missing 1K. Of,
0: yeah, a bit of, oh, spicy. It's unseemly. You better
2: pay big mama for using this lyrics. Pay big mama for using this lyrics. So we got this press release from Flying Dog, and I'll just say we reached out to them to say, hey, did you know Beer Culture has a K? And they have released Culture Chronicles, K, Culture Chronicles with a K, from the Green Bench Brewing in Florida. And Green, one of Green Bench's founders, their head brewers, is a member of the Beer Culture firm. They have this job board to diversify the brewing industry. They've done all of these quality works. And it's really confounding that Flying Dog would just use this without any attribution. So basically, you know, we said, to our knowledge, uh, this is an email. I'm, I'm hoping to get response back. We'll see what a flying dog has to say. But to our knowledge, beer culture was unaware you'd be using the title. And given that other breweries like Green Bench use culture chronicles and culture tings, it seems your beer has introduced some confusion to the consumer. Can you help shed some light on this? Clear the confusion for the consumer? Any and all quotes would be greatly appreciated. So we're really hoping that flying dog gets back to us. In the meantime, Jake, I woke to a retweet that you had been interacting with Jason Tremblay, who is founder of Shacklin's Brewing in Toronto. And Jason tweeted, hi, Flying Dog. Did you really have a meeting with Beer Culture to work on a collab, walk away from it, and then release Culture King? That's disgraceful. Dilutes Beer Culture's brand and undermines the work they do to make beer better. So, I'm going to wait and see. You know, we had a lot of trolls coming out of the woodwork this morning on Twitter.
0: <laughs> and we will provide receipts as they are made publicly available. Yeah. And we also want to note, like, this is not our story to tell. We're DC Beer. We're not wronged here. We're just kind of calling them as we see them. This is Beer Culture's story. Um, we We defer to them if they want to provide said receipts. They can do so at a time and place of their choosing. I will only say that Mike Stein and I have been provided with said receipts. We have seen them, and so we have seen at least an email between culture, beer culture, and Flying Dog. And so, I mean, I would say to Flying Dog, do better. But when every other one of your beer's names is like a dirty sex act or has the word bitch in it, it is what it is. I really don't care about like the various like flying dog dick joke jamboree that is the like the naming of the beer, um, but this really does smack of appropriation, and um, there is perhaps an intellectual property dimension to this as well. It's uncool, but I want to talk about cool things, cool things like Erica.
1: Erica is pretty cool. I was lucky enough to get Erica on the DC beer show. I've known Erica for a few years now, several years, actually several, several years. (laughs) I got to uh, interview her. So listen in. She's pretty rad. Check it out. Hi Erica. And welcome to the DC beer show. First off, let me just tell you and the audience how much everyone adores you. Uh, I love you to death. I'm like, Hey, everyone go say hi to Erica. I was lucky enough to meet Erica through my previous industry job uh, working at distillery. um, And I always looked forward to doing tastings. um, And even when I was doing side stuff with denizens and stuff, I'm like, they're like, do you want to do tastings? I'm like, is it a craft beer cellar? (laughs) Yes. And then I end up, you know, doing the tasting and then leaving with like $200 worth of beer at the end of the night, (laughs) but you know, that's how it goes. But uh, welcome, Erica. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your store, which is the craft beer cellar on H Street and how and why you started this beer adventure and bringing delicious booze to Washingtonians. Yeah, well, Brandy, thank you so much for having me. Thank you
3: to DC Beer, you personally, as well as DC Beer, big supporters of me and Craft Beer Cellar. So thank you so much for that. Yes, my name is Erica Gadrick. I started Craft Beer Cellar Back in August of 2016 is when we opened. We are located at 301 H Street Northeast. Love H Street and the neighborhood that we're in. How we got, how it all started. Um, I was a beer geek for a long, long time, just as a hobby more so, going to beer festivals, brewery tours, just meeting different people and really fell in love not just with beer, but with the entrepreneurship and the creativity that went into it. And the people behind it met a lot of great people. And But it was just a hobby. And then did some part-time jobs. Like I used to work at Old Dominion Brewpub Pub uh, back in the day before it was bought out by Anheuser-Busch. And then a friend and I had started beer rating and recommendation website before untapped was cool but really again it was more of a hobby and so didn't really take off and then I always thought I was going to open a bar like I have renderings of bar designs that I was going to do but the food aspect of it I'm not a big a great cook and I didn't know how to incorporate that and involve that and find somebody who would want to be a chef in a beer bar and then um, I had met so Craft Beer Cellar is part of a franchise i met the owners of the franchise through a mutual friend and kind of put it on the back of my mind that was like, oh, I could do something like that, but didn't give it much thought. And then one day I was sitting at a bar and a woman came in. She was looking for wine, actually, and they didn't have what she wanted. And so he was like, here, try this, the bartender. And she was like, oh, my gosh, this is really good. What is it? And He's like, it's beer. And she's like, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, it's beer. Was and it a sour she's beer? She's like, huh? Was it a sour beer? No. It, oh. Well, sort sort of. It, okay. it was a Frambois. A, oh, Frambois yeah. A, yeah, yeah. a Sweet slash sour. Yeah. But I was like sitting there going, tell her it's a Frambois. Tell her why it's <laughs> like wine. Just like banging yeah. my head against the wall. And I'm like, don't get involved in this, please. And then I'm like, you know, you could open a store and still educate people and help them understand beer.
1: And hence Craft Beer Cellar DC was born. Yeah, that's a great story. I, and I, I will tell everybody that when you do go into Craft Beer Cellar, you, you 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 don't get bombarded, you know, like when you go into a lot of stores, you know, Erica or whomever is working there, it's mostly, it's always Erica there. Um, <laughs> but she'll ask you if you need help or like if you're looking for something, she's not going to like follow you around. But there are a lot of beer geeks that go in there and be like, hey, do you have this? Do you have this? And then you have people going in who really don't know much about beer and you might be buying it for a party or a friend or, um, as a gift. And so Erica is the most knowledgeable. And I, I love that. So for those who have not had the pleasure of stepping into your store, give them like a quick rundown. Like, and I know that I'm assuming your hours are a bit different during the pandemic, but
3: they are, they are. So we're closed on Mondays giving me the opportunity to do this. (laughs) Um, and then Tuesday and Wednesday, we're open from noon to eight. On Thursdays from noon to 7, and that's so that we can do our virtual tastings in the evening. And then Friday, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And Sunday is normal, 12 to 6 p.m.
1: Cool. And you guys used to have in-store tastings, but you know more. I'm. I Are you looking forward to getting this back? <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. Um,
3: there's a certain vibe and fun when we're able to do in-store tastings that just isn't there now. Of course, we also have... We just allow four customers in at a time. And so that vibe isn't there anyway, like it used to yeah. be sort of like just did People would run into each other and have conversations in the corner that that's just not happening right now. But definitely, definitely looking forward to one day getting back to the in-person tastings and having people try things and discover what they like, what they don't like. I mean, I had people... Cider is probably the most, or sours, oh, I don't like ciders, I don't like sours. And I'm like, it's just a sip, like, try it, you might like it, this isn't like other sours or other ciders that you've tried. And they'll try it, and they're like, huh, yeah, I still don't know that I'll buy it, but this actually isn't bad, like, I don't hate it. And so, to me, it's that willingness to try that the tastings allow people to do so
1: yeah i ran into that a lot when i was working at the gin distillery because everyone's like i don't like gin like just taste it it's delicious (laughs) stop being a fucking (laughs) wuss like just drink it right if you don't like it spit it out i don't care but like try (laughs) it you know um i'll I'll, i
3: think i'll be more offended by you not trying it than by you trying it and disliking it. it
1: exactly so what fun new beers are you getting in, or like, are people coming in and asking if you have certain things? Like, what are you ex- excited to bring in? Because your store's not massive, but I mean, there there's beer piled, you know. So,
3: right, right. We just started getting in Unani and Hubbard's Cave out of Chicago, mm. and we're supposed to be getting some more beer in from them, I believe, later this week. And so maybe even tomorrow, as soon as tomorrow, but um, or it could possibly be in a couple of weeks. I pre-order these things, then it's like, okay, when are they going to show up? But uh, they, Unani is Belgian-inspired, and then Hubbard's Cave is American-inspired. And so we got a bunch of stouts from Hubbard's Cave, which we'll get some more this coming drop. But we're also getting some of their IPAs, so excited to see what they do there. And then so far, we've mostly had sours from Hubbard's Cave. And I tried the Pesh and thought it was just like a great sour beer that was representative of the style. And so I'm excited to see what additional things they bring in and can do and to, tr- to try the different beers that they're bringing in. And then, just pretty much any time that we get a lager in, <laughs> I'm excited about it. Drinking the Ardent Keller beer right now. Mm. We got it in, and I was super excited about it. And then I just kept forgetting to pick it up. And a customer came in, and he's like, "Oh, I came in to buy more because it was so great." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I've been meaning to try it." He's like, "There's two cans left," and so I grabbed one, and that's what I'm drinking right now, and nice. it is delicious and, I can't wait and to have refreshing.
1: <laughs> Speaking of loggers and Keller beer, Mike Stein uh, in the group text today because everyone knew that I was interviewing you. I was like, "Hey, do you guys have anything to add to the interview with Erica?" And Mike Stein, in a joking text, but I very serious and cute, wanted to know if you think he has grandpa taste in beer. And for you to reassure him that he has the best taste in beer. Because <laughs> he loves he's lager, all lager all the time. <laughs> he,
3: he is all lager all the time. And I love that. If he's if he has grandpa taste in beer, then I have grandma taste in beer.
1: <laughs> um,
3: because uh, I like a lot of what Mike Stein likes as well just that crisp, clean. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so many things going on with adjuncts and beer right now.
1: And it kind of drives me crazy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm I'm ready for the milkshakes and all that stuff to be over. Like I want my crisp, clean IPAs and yeah. Yes.
3: I agree with that. Like I just, it was a sour beer that a rep dropped off a sample for, and I was just (laughs) sort of like, not necessarily enthused about it, just because it's one of the smoothie-style sours yeah. with the lactose. And I was like, sure, we'll give it a try. And then we did, and I was surprised, actually. I did like it, but I compared it to juice. I was like, this is drinking juice. Yeah. And when I drink beer, I want to drink beer. Right. And to me, beer is already filling. And when you add all these adjuncts in there, it just ramps it up. And so I'm like, I would want to drink like this much of this beer and then I'm kind of done. And so that's another thing with all these adjuncty beers and higher ABV beers, can we put them in instead of 16 ounce cans? Can we maybe put them in eight ounce cans or or dogfish April Fool's joke was that they were putting Sequench in a 3.4 ounce can. Can we do that with some of these?
1: Yeah, I mean, I bet it would sell, you know. I think so. Yeah. Right.
3: Pe- people, people want to try things, but they might not want to invest that much into it.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. We, uh, us, uh, the DC beer folks often talk about hype breweries, you know, cause we all try to go to breweries and say, Hey, do you want us to bring you something back? I'm trying a new brewery. Like, that's my thing. I'll, I always want to go try new breweries. And I, I kind of avoid the hype breweries just because I, when I go there, it's, all they have on the beer menu to drink are hazy and milkshake IPAs and like one something other. (laughs) I'm like, well, this is not a wide range of things. (laughs) So, um, but I'm sure the hype stuff, you know, sells, you know, that's what's selling. So I'm assuming you you get a a lot of that in. Absolutely.
3: That definitely is what sells. I mean, we get some of it in and definitely back pre-COVID when we were doing, you know, the one-time drops of places. It was definitely more the hype breweries, although we brought in some non-hype breweries too, yeah. like Urban Chestnut out of St. Louis. I mean, we introduced a ton of people to their beers, and I still have people ask about that, like, what are you getting that back? And I'm like, well, like, they don't regularly distribute here, but definitely word of mouth. People hear other people talking about it, and so they want to try it too. And so definitely it sells, but... And I'm of the opinion, like, just because I'm not as into the milkshake IPAs or the smoothie sours or even all the hazy IPAs, like, drink what you like. And yeah. so if if that's what you like to drink, then please do. Like, I'm, I'm not going to judge you for drinking that. It's just not what I want to drink or definitely not what I want to drink all the time.
1: Yeah. As Mike would say, don't yuck my yum. Yes.
3: (laughs) Um, Exactly.
1: Well, speaking of um, getting in special beers, and and I know that you're really good at at kind of explaining or, or not leaning other people, but like when people come in and you say, oh, you know, if you are looking for this, you might like this. But when it comes to your customers, if someone comes in and they want something specific or like if they're looking for something that it's not readily available, are you able to order things, special order things for people? Or um, does it have to be a more of a, a cumulative bulk, you know, request? It depends
3: on what the what it is that they're requesting. So we'll cover the gamut there. Somebody comes in saying, I want a case of Modelo. I'm like, are you willing? Or I want Modelo. And I'm like, well, you can find that across the street, a giant. But let's just say it's it's, it's something a little more upscale than that. But not craft, I require or request that they buy a case of it because it's not something that I'm going to stock on the shelf. Right. Um, And usually they're fine with that. And then we have people who will request things. I mean, we've got requests for Hetty Topper all the time. That's not something I can request. Trust me, we've had those conversations. The Alchemist does not distribute really outside of their area. And so that's not something that I can get. And then there was somebody who well, the pug directed to me on Twitter, they were looking for a Japanese beer. And so I reached, I researched it. It's with a distributor actually here that we don't work with. But I said, you know, talked with him about how much he was willing to buy and stuff. And I actually talked with the distributor, found another place that it was potentially in. And so directed the customer there saying, hey, try there. If they don't have it, give me a call back and... We'll see about getting some special ordered in because I'll get the distributor portfolio and see if there's something else that I would want to order to meet their minimum. And so really, and especially right now, I would say if somebody comes in requesting something special, the first question I look for is, is it something that a distributor has um, now that we can get? If not, if they're not distributing here, like I'll often say, especially in these times, to reach out to the brewery itself and see if they will direct ship to the customer because so many breweries are doing that now. And given DC's laws what they are, they might have a better chance of that. For us to do it, likely A, the brewery is not going to ship you know, one case to us. We need to build up a pallet to make shipping worthwhile, at least a pallet. And again, depending what it is, where it's coming from, that's more difficult to do right now.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. With more breweries getting into the DC game, have you noticed any effect on their sales? And what's the most popular thing right now? Like, how has the pandemic affected the custom, the trends, the buying trends, and what people buy, like beer buy?
3: So, definitely, we have a lot of breweries now, I swear. (laughs) Like I keep going, okay, more breweries I'm going to add on, but I just saw that great notion now of shipping direct to customers in DC, which I found interesting because they're also with the distributor and send some stuff in not, I don't know, every quarter or so. So I was just kind of surprised to see that they were also direct shipping. I haven't talked with any breweries directly to kind of find out what they're thought process is in that. And those who, I mean, other half does it right. And they have a brewery here, but they still direct ship from New York to customers. So not sure exactly on the thinking there, if there's just beers that they're not making available that you can only get at the brewery. The thing with that is, is the shipping costs the customer has to pay for. I mean, which makes sense, but it can be high. And the feedback we're getting from customers who have done that is, but I have to buy like a whole four pack of whatever it is that I want I like coming to your store to be able to get singles and try different things. And so I wouldn't say necessarily that it, that it's impacted sales so much because we do still have that um, where people want to experiment and try different things. In terms of what, what's hot right now, I mean, other half definitely, their IPAs and even their loggers. people seem to be enjoying Senate beer from Right Proper slash Heirich House has really... If it's not our best seller for the year, and mind you, we had some outages, like the distributor was out of stock of it. If it's not our best seller, I would say it's in the top three. Oh, and wow. that's with Two-Hearted and Raised by Wolf. So that's um, crazy. that really has taken oh, off. Wow. Yeah. 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 And and that's not based off of any data I've pulled. That's based off of just
1: being there every day, hmm. all day yes. and like knowing yes. what people buy. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's, that's crazy. I would not have guessed that. Oh, cool. Huh.
3: Yeah. Well, people also tend to buy that by the six-pack versus, mm, like, the with the other half, they're buying single cans. Yeah. Whereas Senate beer, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a crushable beer. I'm taking a six-pack of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's – wow. I would not have guessed that. You – before – we're going to wrap up pretty soon, but sure. I want I want you to talk freely about Crap Beer Cellar. But before we – before you do, I want to bring to the attention to folks who maybe didn't know, but – you do, Crap Beer seller does a lot of things to give back to the community, you know, and I remember specifically during the inauguration and around all that time, you were, you know, you raised money for the troops or like the guard and like what, what led you to do that? You know, how successful was that? Did you get backlash from anybody or?
3: Yes and yes <laughs> and, very and yes. Um, you know, I mean, anything you do, right? That that there's going to be people on both sides. And I mean, I would say yes, it was successful. What we did is we had people donate money to us, if you will, which we then in turn we made no money off of this, right? Which we then in turn worked with area neighborhood restaurants: the Queen Vic, the Pie Shop, Big Board, Belga Cafe to prepare meals that we then gave to the troops. What sort of prompted that is, um, so I was there doing a virtual tasting on a Thursday night. Uh, We locked up, everything was fine. At the end of the tasting, when I was locking up to go home, there's troops outside. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, we all experienced what happened on January 6th. And then, you know, I feel like we were kind of getting over it. And even though we, the, the fence was there up for the inauguration and that like with the troops right outside our door, it just really hit home.
1: Yeah. And you can, the, the whole block was shut down too. I mean, it was everything yep. was the, crazy Third
3: street to the South and the bridge. It was, it was shut down. And this is one thing I don't think they did a very good job of communicating where the road closures, road closures yeah. were going to be and where the troops would be set up. And so the next morning when I came in, I was kind of prepared and I let my staff know like, hey, bring ID, bring a pay stub, you know, anything that identifies you. I did talk to the guards that night to kind of ask them like, hey, tomorrow morning, are we going to be able to get here or not? Like, what do we need to do? And so they said, as long as you have some sort of like, identification, we'll let you through. Well, the next morning I come and unfortunately not right there, but where I could get to where I could even get close, it was MPD. And they were like, nope, not letting you in. (laughs) And so just found parking, made it there, whatever. But the amount of anger and frustration from people because of not knowing these road closures were in place. And the things people were yelling and saying. And it just sort of like, I was like, this can't be, I understand the frustration, but we can't take it out on these people like yeah they're, they're here to help and and protect as as much as we don't want them to have to be here at the same time they're here so yeah and so that's where sort of that came from yes, yes um people were very kind in their donations i think there were different reasons that people gave we did get some backlash but again i felt like more it wasn't nobody wanted to have the conversation in terms of why, and I think their motivations for for the backlash were different as well, but it was like a tweet on somebody else's tweet or something like mm-hmm. that, that we got brought up. And I just sort of, not that I wanted to ignore it, but you can't have that conversation on Twitter in my mind. Oh like, yeah, no. <laughs> it, it's a conversation because it's much deeper than that. And so if somebody still wants to have that conversation, we can have that conversation. But o- overall... I, I felt like we helped the restaurants who were suffering during, yeah. and still are suffering, but suffering yeah. during that time. And especially too, with like the National Guard and roads being closed there, people couldn't get to some of these restaurants. And so that we were able to help them during that time and and help feed the troops who are out standing there um, for a long time, that I, I feel good about it overall.
1: And you should. I mean, you you you're super nice and... I think that was a very selfless thing to do. And, well, thank but, you. And, and I, that's not the only time you do things like that. And no,
3: just, no. Everyone... I was going to say, being being involved in the community, to me, every business that, that is part of a community in order to succeed should be a part of the community. So whether it's it, – and, and you can't donate to everybody who comes and asks. Right. And and by no means do the troops come and ask us for donations. Oh, That, right. that didn't no. happen there. But <laughs> like schools come and ask for donations and groups come and ask for donations. You can't give to everybody. You have to kind of pick and choose. But it, it's not the only way to be involved in the community. I mean, the virtual tastings that we do, some of them are Meet the Brewer events. Some of them are pairings with local restaurants. And that's a way too that I see helping the community, not, help, not only helping our restaurants. Some of them we've done um, fundraisers for friends and family meal as well. And so it's just trying to keep the conversation and also just bringing people together as a community. And so, yeah, definitely. I I love our community that we're a part of the neighborhood, but also the broader beer community. And yeah. Beer brings
1: people together. It does. It does. (laughs) Speaking of, I didn't ask this, but this was a kind of collective amongst the group text today about um, see if Erica, We'll add a tiny little DC beer staff pick selection <laughs> at your store.
3: <laughs> um, It's
1: definitely something. I want
3: to hear more about this idea. We can definitely talk about that.
1: Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, before we say goodbye, is there anything you want to add? We didn't get to, you know, talk forever, which stinks, but we'll have you on again. Uh, maybe. Sure. Yeah. I would say just,
3: you know, there's a lot of choices in beer or cider, wine, mead, spirits. I mean, we have that too. Just started bringing in some sake too. But Mm. um, support local, drink what you like, as we discussed before. But yeah, get out, support your local breweries, cideries, our local breweries and cideries. And just still stay safe. We're still in a pandemic. Get your vaccine shots. And hopefully very, very soon, we will be back to being together and seeing each other without masks on, and that's my hope.
1: Drinking beer together, exactly. Yes, and I want to let everyone know because I know that we all love beer. We're all beer nerds, but I have friends who are intimidated sometimes to buy beer for me because they're like, "Well, Brady, I want to come over and hang out, but I, I, I want to buy you beer. But I don't know what you like." <laughs> and so, like, I know that you're beer people are they know they know what they like. But if you don't know, and if you're unfamiliar, go see, go walk in and ask, like if it's actually a beer person who loves beer, they're going to be nice and they're going to be knowledgeable. And you, you are one of the, the prime examples of that. So everyone follow crap, beer seller, CBC, DC, um, on Instagram and Twitter and all that jazz. And of course, you know, follow us, uh, DC beer, um, Erica, you are so fucking rad and I love you to death. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. And I'll see you soon. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Brandy, thank you for having me. Thank you, DC Beer, the whole gang. Love you guys so much. Um, Appreciate you guys around. Keep spreading the good word of beer and of local breweries. We appreciate what you guys do.
1: (laughs) Aw, thanks, Erica.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Brandy. And thank you, Erica. Um, I'll say, please stay tuned for more from us as we report on the DC Beer scene. I know that it has sort of been slim pickings on the dcbeer.com site in terms of articles. The good news is, um, as more of us get vaccinated and there are more and more happenings, there's more and more stuff to write about and report. Hopefully, most of that stuff is happy-happy and we make it out of this reasonably unscathed. If you have the opportunity to be vaccinated, please, please, please make like Lynn manuel Do not throw away your shot. your shot. <laughs> thing.
1: Get your Fauci
0: ouchie. Yeah, get your Fauci ouchie so then, then you and I can crack Fauci pouchies. <laughs> Again, we are DC Beer on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tag us. We're at DC Beer. Get vaccinated. Drink outside. All right. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Wait, not everybody's on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter.
0: I said Instagram. Oh, too. I'm
1: so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know reach hashtag, out to me reach out to me Twitterless brandy <laughs> Twitterless brandy with a why
2: finally i will say happy 10 year anniversary to dc brow
3: oh uh, we had yeah we had
2: cheers we had port city celebrate their 10th now it's brow celebrating their 10th and i can't wait till the craft beer cellar is 10 years old and we can toast erica with Aww. the finest libations uh provided by h street great street so cheers y'all Get that Fauci-ouchie, and we'll see you with our Fauci-pouchies and meatball subs.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye,
2: buddy.